Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Good evening, good evening. Welcome to Blessed by Grace Radio. Tonight is Thursday, October the 18th, 2018. Tonight we are in the Apple Valley City with critically acclaimed Bishop, Pastor, and Overseer of the Greater All Nations, Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ, Incorporated, the Honorable Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. Tonight we are in the Apple Valley Studio, Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore and his team. We are here tonight because it's our weekly Food for the Soul Bible Study Session with Dr. Moore. He will give you a topic. He will speak on whatever does say for the Lord tonight. Quick announcement, quick announcement first. We'd like to thank God for letting us come on the air yet another Thursday to be able to spiritually feed you and give you the bread of life, the word of God. That is your spiritual nourishment. That is where you shall be fed more and more and more. Um, other exciting news, we are now a part of the Podcaster Success Academy. We, yes, Dr. Bishop Alphamore and I are going back to school starting next week. That just means for podcasting that they're going to teach us everything we need to know to grow our show and to make it better. That way we're not changing the content because we're always going to speak and preach the word of God. Dr. Moore will always give you the unadulterated gospel. He will always give you the apostolic doctrine, which is what we believe in. That is our faith. We are paying costs. And he will keep preaching and teaching the word of God like God gives it to him right now. So we are going to be learning how to better our show, you know, better music, better setups and things like that. And we'll be giving giving it to you. As we learn, we will be giving to you ways that you can reach us, different contact way, content ways. Um, his YouTube page will be coming up soon where you guys can see him face-to-face. And it will be questions with the Honorable Dr. Bishop Rockmore where you can ask questions and he will research and answer them for you. That's one of the shows that he'll be doing. And then there will also be other live shows that are straight feeding from his Sunday morning service. That's in the works because God is wanting his church to be able to be on a standing rock. That means that the world is his church. That is his congregation, and God is the head worship leader. He is our founder, that is God, who created us all. And Dr. Moore is one of his ministers, teach and do everything that God has for him to do. He's one of God's chosen people. Um, If you don't have a church home in the Los Angeles area, don't fret. Our doors are always open for you. Sunday mornings at 11.30 a.m., we welcome you with a big, huge hug and smiles and dials on our faces that's saying welcome into our sanctuary. We welcome you, we welcome you, we welcome you. The address is 8516 South Compton Avenue, Los Angeles, California, 90001. That is the address, 11.30 a.m., Bishop Moore, myself, and all of the congregation. We're giving God's ultimate praise, and when we come into the storehouse to praise God, all of our hearts and minds are all enclosed in on him. So, like they say, whatever your troubles are, leave them on the curb. When you come inside the doors, then come in and fellowship and worship. And by the time you walk out the door, you're not going to even remember what the thought of the morning was because you're going to have had a great, good hallelujah time in church. So we want to invite you out to our services. We're every Sunday. We'd love to have you come out. And then all the ones in Radio Online, just like the caller from last night from Florida, we're going to continue to keep him in prayer for his friend. Don't forget, every Wednesday night you can call in for Bible study. If you're on social media watching TV at 9.30 Pacific Standard Time Zone, 10.30 Mountain Time, 11.30 Central, or if you're just up on the East Coast and it is 1.30 and it is 12.30 a.m. the next day, you're more than welcome to call in. We will get to your calls, especially if you're in the East Coast. We will get to your calls as quickly as you call in. Honor them first, but everybody will give prayer. 
And we just want you to know that we're here. Our call-in number for prayer line night is 818-668-5428 is the call-in number for prayer. So continue to call in and also continue to keep Dr. Moore uplifted before you when you pray. Keep him and the staff in prayer. Everybody, the Honorable Dr. Bishop, Dr. Moore, God bless God bless you and Radio Land tonight. And we thank the Lord for our announcer, amen, bringing on these announcements, amen, under the option of the Holy Ghost. We are so grateful, amen, for each one of you tonight. As she stated, amen, tonight is Thursday night, and tonight is a night, amen, that we bring you food for a thought. Amen. Food for a thought tonight. You can take this food, amen, and it it, it it bring you, praise the Lord, pleasure to your soul, or it can cause you, amen, maybe to repent. But it's food for thought tonight. And tonight, amen, we're going to come out of the book of St. Matthew and, and St. Luke tonight. I believe, amen, and uh, 1 John. In Matthew's Amen, the 28th chapter, and the 19th verse, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Luke 14, 26 through 33, it says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brother and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intended to build a tower, sit not down first and count the cost? Well, he has sufficient to finish it. Let's happen after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it. All that behold it, behold, began to mark him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish it. Or what king goes to make war against another king, sitteth not down first and consult whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that coming against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great ways off, he sent an ambassador and desired to continue a peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, that forsake not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. John 15 and 8 says, 
Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. We want to say tonight, amen, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you following Jesus tonight? The Bible gives us some very straight points tonight to see whether we, who do we really love? Do we really love Jesus or, amen, do we love ourselves? In Matthew's, amen, the 28th chapter, in verse 19, the Lord giving us a commandment. Every born-again believer tonight, amen, he gave us a, man, a commandment, is to go, ye therefore, and teach all nations, teach them, baptize them in the name of the Father. Now listen, he said baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But baptize them in the name. It is the name that is important, not the title. So, amen, he wants us to be disciples tonight. And he first, amen, let us know that if we're going to be a disciple of his, we got to first deny ourselves. And self is one of the most unusual things, amen, that there is, amen. Self won't, amen, to be in control. But the Lord is letting us know tonight, if we go on to follow him, we must deny ourselves. So he says, amen, in St. Luke, amen, if any man come to me, if any man, no matter who, who we are, what position we hold, whether, amen, we... Educated, whether we are uneducated, it doesn't make any difference. He says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife. Now, many people look at that on the current side and say, Jesus wants you to hate your mother, your brother, your father, your wife. But the Lord, amen, is letting us know here that, before I get into that, the word teach in Matthew 28, 19 comes from a word, a root word means, meaning discipline, a literary to make disciples. When we come to Jesus Christ and we come to be made disciples, we're going to have to be disciplined by greater power and authority than what we already know. But sadly, there are more people who merely believe the plans of salvation that people who will be, become disciples is to do possible to the present-day emphasis on making believers rather than making 
true disciples. In our Christian experience, it is vital that we develop and grow into being a disciple indeed of Jesus Christ. We have to learn to be a disciple. We have to grow in Jesus to understand what it means to be a follower. We got to be disciplined. We got to be told what to do and what not to do. And you know the flesh does not want to be told what to do and what not to do. We got to love Christ more than we love relatives. In the book of Luke, chapter 14, 26, it says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yea, and his own life, also he cannot be my disciple. That's a hard slam to many people if you don't really hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. When the Lord is saying, amen, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother, his wife and children, he means means to love less. Hate means to love less. There is a course to being a disciple of Jesus Christ in Luke 14, 26. Jesus asked the believer to consider the cost of discipleship. You want to be you want to be one of my disciples, you must consider the cost of discipleship. When we come to Jesus, we all want to say, yes, Lord, we want to be a disciple, but we, we have not considered the cost what it's going to cause us to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. One of the costs involves loving God more than our immediate family. And many times we have hang-ups on this. We don't want to amen. We, we want to love our family sometimes more than we love God. Well, that can't work, amen. If you want to be in a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're going to have to love God more than you love your immediately family. Right, amen, deterring some people from wanting to follow Jesus Christ, but Amen. When we understand, amen, uh, that being disciplined by the Lord and understand what the Lord's saying, you'll be willing to love, amen, the Lord more than you do your own family. Or one of the calls involved, loving God more than our immediate family. The word hate used in this verse is not to be interpreted in the modern sense of being hateful and anger. God don't, amen, hate nobody. He might dislike your ways, and God is not angry. But amen, the verse means we 
are to give God first place in our lives and esteem him more highly than the family members whom we we cherish. It means, amen, we just honor the Lord more highly than we honor anybody. And if you can't do that, you can't be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I know you love your children. I love you. know you love your mother, and I know you love your father. But when you come to Jesus Christ and you want to be his disciple, you got to, amen, make them secondarily. Only God can be first in your life. If God does not hold first place in our lives, then our relationship with him and with our family will be out of balance. God wants us to live a balanced life. And if you don't put him first, our relationship will be out of balance with the Lord. God knows how to balance everything in our life. So if we put him first, then amen, he'll take care, amen, what we need in our life among our mother, brother, sisters, or ever what it is, he will balance it out. We should love Christ more than loving our relatives. Now, God knows I love my relatives, but I love Jesus Christ more than I do my relatives. People often claim they cannot live for God because of the interference of the opposing from family members. There is not a that's not a vital excuse. It is important to understand we cannot allow a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, a child, an extended family to stand in the way of our relationship with God. There are minutes tonight that say, yes, Lord, I love you, I love you, I love you. But if I have to give up my boyfriend, well, Lord, we got a problem. So, amen, there's somewhat, amen, have to kind of uh, put God on the back burner, amen, because they are not ready to give up that boyfriend, that girlfriend. Of that husband, or that wife, or that child. But if you want a relationship with the Lord, Paul proclaimed, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. When you really know who God is, when you really know who Jesus Christ is, Jesus Christ is God. When you really know who he is, you will put him first in your life. I'm going to let death separate me from the love of God. No height, no matter how, how high the Lord would allow me to be positioned in the world, I'm going to let that separate me from the love of God. 
sometimes we get in positions. And when we get in those positions, we leave the love of God. We leave the relationship of the Lord because we done got so high now, we think that we don't need him anymore. But Paul was letting us know nothing going to be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, Romans 8, chapter, verse 38 and 39. Nothing, nothing. When a person plays the Lord first and foremost in his life, he can live in complete victory. Knowing he can overcome any hindrance or obstacle. When you put the Lord first in your life, amen, you can live in complete victory. Victory belongs to us. But you got to put the Lord first. Not my flesh first and then God, but amen, God flesh. By God first. Well, we say we love the Lord, but. God gives us a test in our lives to see whether, amen, we we know. Uh, uh, amen, prove that test in our lives to see whether we, amen, really love him like we say we do. Love Christ more than self. Do you love Christ more than you do your own self? Now, you know you love your own self. Do you love Christ more than you do yourself? You do everything that there is to try to please your own self. And I'm not only speaking amen to you. I'm talking about myself as well. But do you love Christ more than you do yourself? Neither has there been a time in history when mankind has been more self-centered than today. Mankind in this hour that we're living in now, think about what, number one, think about self. Self-preservation, put self first. Make things work for self. Well, amen, we got to turn that thing around. If you're going to be a disciple for Jesus Christ, you got to put Jesus Christ. And just because this generation believes that. You must believe the word of God more than you do this generation. This generation, they like the measure of compassion. Amen. There is a like in this generation for compassion. That Christ designed to form in his church. There is a like of compassion. Where is compassion at? We don't have the compassion that, amen, we are supposed to have because we have allowed self to build. Self is in the way. We have put God somewhere on the back burner, and we're trying to perform salvation through selfishness. Paul wrote, by Love serving one another in Galatians 5 and 13. By love, we serve one another. By love, 
we serve one another. If you're serving one another on the outside of love, it's not by the love of Jesus Christ. You ought to think of others more than you think of your own self. And there's not too many of us, amen, want to think of others more than we do our own selves. The materialistic consistence, it rises to the forefront of modern day living. Too often, the question of things and pleasure has replaced it old-time religion, faithfulness to the house of God. People spend billions of dollars each year on favoring things like cosmetic surgery, trying to look pretty, billions of dollars. They don't mind, amen, this is self trying to promote self, want self to be number one. They spend billions of dollars. The latest fashion, they want, amen, ever what the latest fashion, ever what it is, when it come out, amen, they want to make sure they are first partakers of the latest fashion of this world. All kind of exotic vacations. And accessories uh, for household pets. They buy a man household pets like they're treating a human being to live. At the same time, mankind relationship with the Creator suffers. Out of all of that, you see, self is in the way for mankind relationship with their creator suffer because they're not putting him first. And I believe he said he's the first and he's the last. He's the beginning and he is the ending. But we don't want to put him there. People's schedules are so demanding that work schedules, pleasure schedules, and family schedules. It takes proceeded over developing and maintaining a right relationship with the Lord. I don't have time to stop and pray. I don't have time to go to prayer meeting. I don't have time, amen. It is it, a, a read my Bible, amen. I have other social works I have to take care of. I'm talking about putting the Lord first, being the disciple of Jesus Christ. We are so preoccupied with so much other things until we put God on the back burner, whether we realize it or not. We got to make sure, amen, uh, flush is being pleased. Well, what about Jesus being pleased? The scripture is very clear about where our alignment should lie. It is imperatively 
that we love God more than ourselves and the things of this present world. We amen. It, it just imperative. We must love God more than ourselves and the things in this world. You know, you cannot serve two masters. It took me a long time to hear that, but now I understand that. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and manner. You either love the one or you're going to hate the other one. Teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lust. We should live soberly right here in this present world. We should live soberly, righteous, and godly in this present world. Titus 2 and 15. All the lust in this world that is going on all over the world, we want to magnify that lust, but are we teaching Mankind is to live soberly and righteously right here in this present world. The devil is teaching them is to learn what lust is. Demas, a young man that was walking with Paul going on the mission field, And Paul recognized that he had some carnality in his mind. He was not spiritually minded like some of the young men that Paul had been with. Demons had forsaken me. Paul said, demons have forsaken me on on my mission, going out, working for the Lord. This young man started out with me and said he wanted to go with me. But he, he was looking into the world. The world was more important to demons than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, he has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And there are many of you out there right now, you don't forsaken the Lord because you love the present world more than you do the gospel of Jesus Christ. And is departed unto Thessalonica, Second Timothy four and ten. Demas, Amen, went on back, Amen, unto the world. He departed from Paul. He departed, Amen, because he couldn't deny what flesh. Flesh got into the way, missing the things, Amen, that he used to do before, Amen. He got converted. Serving God is more important than loving ourselves. Those close to us are the temporary thing. How tragedy. If at the end of life a person faced the consequence of failing to love God as he should have. Why? Then you meet the consequence of the Lord. You fail to love God as you should have. You put all other things before him. 
When you had time, you squares him into your presence. You squares him into your operation. When you had time, you want to put the Lord, amen, in somewhere. It doesn't work that way. If God can't be first, he ain't going to be nothing at all. Bearing the cross, Luke 14 and 27 says, Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. If you don't bear your cross and come after Jesus, you cannot be Jesus' disciple. Bearing the cross. Every one of us got a cross to bear. And the Lord expects for us to bear our cross. If you don't bear your cross, there is no crown. It's not a flower bed of ease in order, amen, to travel this Christian experience, amen. It's not, amen, ease all the time. It gets heavy. But we must bear our cross. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? There's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. The cross, it was a familiar sign to the Jews. Executed by the crucifixion, was, it was common and offered the public witness them. However, in Luke 14, 27, the Lord referred not to a cross of execution, but to our own personal cross of discipleship. We got a cross, not carrying no wood on our shoulder. But we got a person across the bear. Every disciple cross contains some self-denial. Can you deny yourself? Are you able to deny yourself? And the sacrificial of one's own will. Can you say, Lord, it's not my will, but thy will be done? Or do you try to make your will fit in with God's will? God's ways are not like our ways, neither is it thought like ours. But Jesus does not reveal to us what additional sacrifice he will add to our personal cross. We know only that he has finished one for us. If we choose to shoulder it, ah, when we start out, amen, we say, Lord, I'll do it. But as we go on down the line, amen, that cross sometimes gets heavy. Are you still going to shoulder it? He prepared this cross for us as an exclusive. And if we would be a true disciple, 
It is our responsibility to bear it. Oh, every one of us got a cross. I don't want your cross, and you shouldn't want mine. Bear your own cross. In the heat of the day, bear your cross. Father and Father and Father in the Lord, Father and your Master, your Savior, and your God, following Him, carrying a cross to the place of one death. Was a humiliation experience. Knowing where he was going and possibly knowing the reason he was <coughs> facing execution. It is similar today when we carry our cross. As we serve the Lord Jesus, did not promise us that bearing of a cross and following him, it wouldn't be easy. Promise us that. And if you've been with Jesus any time, you can understand that now. He didn't promise us that it's going to be easy. And he didn't promise, amen, when it get heavy, amen, we throw it aside. But we told him we're going to bear the cross, regardless what the consequence be. It's ours, and we're going to bear it, for we shall suffer the clothes of, of our family, friends, and community. As we carry our cross, we cannot allow the narrow eyes of the tournament world of hinder to cease in the following the power of our Lord. Each step we take brings us one step closer to our final reward. But you got to hold on to that cross. For even here too, were ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. First Peter 2 and 21. Christ suffer for you and I, leaving us an example that we should follow in his footsteps. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that does good is of God, but he that does evil has not seen God. Third John 11. If you do evil, you have not seen God. Today, many churches, they display a cross 
stained glass windows often depicted a cross. Crossing dangers from rear view mirrors. And many people wear a cross on their clothes. In our present world, there appear to be little attached to these symbols. However, as we enter into the last days, there are movements that demand the removal from public view of the symbols of the cross. Now, yeah, amen. There are people today, man, they get angry because they see people wearing the cross. And they want, amen, a removal of that from their eyes, amen, because it offends them, as they say. That demands that removal from the public view of the symbols of the cross because they claim it offends people of non-religious faith. The reality is the sight of the cross convict people of their wayfair living, their wrong living. They don't want to see a figure of the cross because it condemns them. And we should never apologize for carrying our cross. Whatsoever it is, the cross keeping us humble and bringing us closer and closer to the master as we continue to follow him. Is that symbol, amen, keep you humble? Well, amen. I'm going to say stay humble. If he calls somebody to be offended, let them be offended. If God does not hold fast, if God does not hold first place in our life, then our relationship with him and with our family will be out of balance. Don't let don't let your life be out of battle with the Lord. And the only way that you know that your life is not out of battle with the Lord, you put him first in your life. Ever what you do, you put him first. Let him be the head and the guide of your life. Forsaken all. When we come to Jesus Christ, we must forsake all. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsake not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Luke 14 and 33. If you don't forsake all, you can't be Jesus' disciple. If you got something greater than Jesus in your life, you can't be his disciple. That's including your self-denial. 
That's including the world. The love of things. The scripture are close. The scripture are clear as to where we should direct our love towards God and not towards the things of this world. The Lord, amen, want us to direct our love towards him and not towards the things of this world. Love not the world. Let me tell you, talking to all of us, all believers now, he said, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Believers, he's telling you, don't you love the world, and neither the things that is in the world. If you are a believer, if you really are a true believer, and you follow in the Lord, he said, don't you love the world, and neither the things that is in the world. If any man love the world, no matter what you, who you are, he said, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This is the word of God. This is not Dr. Moore. All things is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. First John two fifteen and 16. It's the lust of the eye. It is a pride of life. It is the lust of the flesh. That is all that, amen, we see in this world. Lust, lust, lust. Men and women wanking and saying things, amen, to others, amen, that they know they should not say. Lust, pride of life. It's not other problem. Too often, in the course of life, things just keep us from following the Lord. If we allow them, if we allow them to these temporary things can display our joy and dilute our commitment to the Lord, these hindrance can steam from major events, circumstances, a person or as it is often the case of collecting of minor encumbering. Jesus asked Peter a point question in an attempt to reveal just where Peter's affection lies. In John 21, 5 and 17, you know Peter was a fisherman by trade, and he loved the outside. He, he loved to go fishing. Jesus says, so when they had denied Jesus, 
Jesus said to Simon Peter, this was at the time of the crucifixion, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than thee? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Well, feed my lamb. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He says unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said it unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he says unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. The Lord wanted to get Peter's Honestly, opinion. Do you really love me, Peter? Well, if you really love me, I'm going to make you fishermen of men. Feed my little sheep. Feed those that are gone astray. Feed those that nobody is caring about. Feed my lambs. If you really love me. And Peter said, yeah, Lord. I love thee. And Peter's life proved, amen, that he loved Jesus. As he says, because when they got ready to hang uh, 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 Peter, he said, don't hang me like you did, my Lord. I'm not worthy to be hung like my Lord. Hang me upside down. Each person must determine for himself that he will not allow anything to separate him from walking with the Lord and surrendering totally to his will. Do you love the Lord tonight? This is an individual affair, and the Lord is talking personal to each one of us. Do you, do you personally love the Lord? Not do your family love the Lord, not do your church love the Lord, but do you love the Lord? Are you willing to lay down your life? Willing to part with it. There was a certain ruler came to Jesus and asked a question. He says, good master. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Luke 18, 18 through 23. Jesus initially responded. Could have been directly to anyone in the crowd. He said, why callest thou me good? None is good except one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. 
Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. The character of this apparently influenced man appears to be reports. He claimed, all these have I kept from my youth. The ruler did not realize the cross he had been carrying was too lightweight. And I want to say, man, in my clothes that I, my time is out, the cross that we are carrying is too lightweight for some of us. You say that you love Jesus, Jesus is going to prove it to you. Because the cross that you're carrying is too light. And as you live for Jesus, that's going to be an addition to your cross. God bless you. This is Dr. Moore. Amen. Saying God bless you. We love you. Our time is out until next week. May the Lord bless you. Everyone that listened in tonight, we say thank you. And thank you again. And Dr. Moore will be on the air next Wednesday and Thursday at 9.30 p.m. And also, too, if you really do not have a church home and you are in the L.A. area, check us out. Our church is called The Greater All Nations Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ, located at 8516 South Compton Avenue in the city of Los Angeles. That's the state of California, 90001 tonight. Good night, everybody, and God bless. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.